Okay, we are live. This is Sales Series Episode 8. These are some of my favorite ones. I've got a special one here. Michelle Precidney. I'm going to get it close. Midday Squares, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I was very excited to connect with you, so I'm, I'm, I'm jazzed. I know the vibe of your brand. I think others will too, unless they haven't seen it, go check out some of their stuff. Uh, it's very positive, very kind of like just energetic. My vibe, like that. Um, let's jump into some context for everyone as far as what the brand is about. Just give us that story. Yeah, for sure. So we're midday squares and you're right. We're all about good vibes. We're all about making people feel really good about life and about eating our products. So we're just over two years old now and we are founded out of Montreal, Quebec in Canada. And we have three founders. So it's our story started with our with two of our founders. Um, they're a husband and wife couple, Les and Nick. And they, Les was making this bar for Nick because he was eating like crappy um, treats in the middle of the day. And Les was like, I can do better, babe. You need something healthier. So she created this herself in her kitchen. And actually on their honeymoon, both being serial entrepreneurs, like Les had a fashion brand in New York City. Nick already had a software company. Um, on their honeymoon, they were like, what are we going to do? Like, we want to do something together. And this bar was right in their hands. And so they decided to launch that. As they started launching, they realized that they needed someone like Jake, who is Les's brother, to come on and really kind of lead the customer side. Because if any of you have seen our brand and, and met Jake, he is the sizzle to our sauce. Got it. Okay. So let's now get sales focused. Um, you're in a bar set super competitive. I always say everything is competitive when you talk food and beverage, but the bars definitely have um, definitely have a competitive set. Um, what would you say is an advantage being in the sales sort of aspect of it? Give me like three bullet points that come to mind if you're selling this to a buyer. Yeah, so we are in the fridge set. We're a refrigerated bar. And so there we have a lot of competition. It's a little bit less than the traditional bar set, thank goodness. Um, so when we're presenting our products, we are the first functional chocolate bar. So there's nothing like us. So first we're functional. Second, we're chocolate, which is right now we're, it's recession proof. So that's helpful in, in this day and age. Um, and third, we offer a lot of protein and fiber, but also taste incredible. And there, there's really nothing like it. So the functionality, um, the chocolate, which is recession proof right now, and then um, being able to have something that's different than anything out there. Let's talk sales decks. Um, would you say that it's important, even if you're in the refrigerator? So I, I, I know of a couple of the bars. I'm actually a fan, big fan of one of the one of the brands um, that's been been around for quite some time and had some major success. Um, and it's always fun because I was the original customer. You know, like this is like 10 years ago. So I love, I'm a fan of seeing that go, especially um, if they're nutrient dense and, and my kind of style, I'm a big believer in balanced nutrition and things like that. Um, would you say that on a deck, you're putting three or four of these brands on there? And if so, what are the call outs? Like what are some of the features that might be what we just talked about that, that you're doing that may sort of jump out at the page for a buyer or somebody that's looking at the deck? Yeah, for sure. So 
Uh, first, my opinion on decks. So I try to never use them unless the buyer really wants them and or I'll use it as a follow up. I just feel like buyers are fatigued with the amount of decks that cross their their, their desk and our competitive advantage, like the product is incredible. Um, after that, it's like the thing that makes us so special is our storytelling. And so I try wherever possible to get myself and Jake at least, or maybe all three founders on a call. And we talk, like we tell our story. We say all like all the incredible things behind our journey. And that's what people are getting behind because of the way like we kicked it off with the way we make them feel. And so I can loop back and say what I would put on the deck, but um, that's my take on decks right now. I like that take a lot and I actually, um, I can see it resonating. Um, not only am I seeing some buyers or I've heard buyers mention things like that. Um, let's talk storytelling then uh, as far as a sales piece to it. Um, mm -hmm. Most brands would love to come to the table, like even us and, and just say, oh, I am so passionate about this. You know, this is my why. And I talk openly about stuff like that too. Some I believe are, are really genuine. Talk about um, just always first of mind is someone like Daniel from Kind. I mean, that's just a real story that can go on forever. And it's because it's pure. It's because it's real and you can't make that type of passion up. So, um, but then as far as the communicating with a buyer and or pay potential investor, how does that go? Are you, are you also listening, which of course is a key piece to selling so that you know what parts of your story may, may affect that person? Mm -hmm. Yeah. On the story selling, storytelling side, you, you're always listening more than you're speaking. I mean, that, that's a sales 101. Um, but I also come because you have the different buyers, right? Some will just be so enthralled with us as a story and our mission and the product, and that's where it'll end. And then others will be like, no, show me the numbers. How's your performance? What are you turning? What's your distribution? So even though you can have a beautiful story, you always have to be backed up with your with your turns. So the way I'll have it is I know what my A stores are turning at, my B stores, my C stores, and uh, that that really gets the, the ones that are more numbers focused really fired up. I think that that's a great point. I hope others kind of can, can take that because it is, it's, it's per individual circumstance. Um, and you can get and read that. I, I, again, I'm talking, I kind of go two places here because of where that storytelling can come. Buyers, that's great. That's one big piece to building the business. And in this day and age, you know, if you have an investor opportunity, you're sitting in front of, it's the same thing. I mean, you have to get somebody to buy into what it is that you're doing, you know, not just product. Yeah, that tastes amazing. But like, why? Why are you doing it? Where does this fit in the space? Why will you be successful today? And most importantly, how are you going to be successful in 10 years? So, um, you know, that we could go on with that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your history, because for context, I'm just going to name a few brands that you've been involved with. Vega, Big. I mean, actually, like for me, I think immediately I'm plant-based as far as my protein shakes in the morning. Um, that was my first transition into more plant-based foods. Um, mm -hmm. I, I now use Orgain, but again, it's I'm a big fan of Vega. Um, Smart Sweets, if you don't know who they are, I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, they just got acquired, um, really great founder story. Uh, perfectly fit timing and the like like there's so many pieces again timing luck and all that has to be tossed into the mix folks 
Um, um, and then ancient nutrition. Um, if you also don't know, you know, um, I, I have my own thoughts about that brand and the products and things like that, but that's just my own thing, right? Um, I think it's an amazing brand. Your experience there as far as sales in each one, what do you think each of those gave you as a leg up? Again, in Smart Suites didn't really have a competitive set yet. So it was kind of, you know, found its own niche. But like, but even, you know, let's say Vega Ancient Nutrition, what do you think were the commonalities? Mm -hmm. to, to their success, like why they were so successful. And what made you be able to be successful having confidence walking into a room? Yeah. Well, I think um, it all starts at the top. And so when you look at these brands, the one common thread is the leaderships and the, and the founders, right? In all of those brands that really blew up and were really successful, it, it was the founders. And in all of those instances, it started at the top. And what all of them did was empower us. And that's the thing when I think through, they chose people who A, were behind the brand. So you, like, you didn't get past the front door if you didn't already love the brand and then had the skill set to be able to execute. And so once they were confident that you were capable and passionate about the mission and, and knew your stuff, then they just let you go and run. And for me, that's how I work best is, is just give me, give me the keys and let me go do my thing. Um, and then, so starting with those founders, um, also they were really clear in where we were headed and who we were and who we weren't. So, you know, Tara would get peppered with all of these ideas, like add functional ingredients or do this. And she was always really clear, no, this is who we are. And again, that helps keeps us really focused. And then here at Midday Squares, it's the same, like our three founders, I mean, they, they will walk off a cliff for me and I'll do the same for them now. And they've proven it time and time again. Um, so it's, yeah, it, it really is that founding story and the, and the brand. Cause I mean, sales, you can be really good. If you're really good at it, you can sell anything, but to be like exceptional, you have to have the skills and then the passion and then like, like that support from leadership. It's, it's this magic sauce that I often get asked about. And uh, it, it really does start with those founders. I think that's an amazing comment. Um, I, and I'm glad I was able to get into that because it might be the first time it's been touched on in, in these eight episodes. Um, that is a great comment and i really like that and i also really like the sort of the, the person that when you know the founders or the leadership team stands by you i mean i, I right when you said that i've said some i've said some crazy stuff before you know it, it's kind of like i call it like big bear i don't know i don't, i say i don't know where that comes from like it's like with my kids right i i don't fashion it the same way but it's just like support and I, if you come at my team in, in yes. any way that's not respectful, I'm like Big Bear. Yeah. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Um, and that goes so far for the employee, right? Like it goes it goes so far. And uh, yeah. I really like that comment. I'm going to then connect it then here in, in closing because this is just power pack. You just provide some really great little gems in there. Um, again, I love your history. Uh, you're going to do really great things at this brand because I, I, I feel the energy that's happening. Um, and I have them on the show coming up actually uh, on Let's Eat. So that's going to be fun because uh, I have a feeling he's going to like, let's, you know, just, yeah, yeah I can imagine. Um, I'm going to like get really, I'm going to do two workouts that morning. Um, <laughs> let's talk then just in closing as far as um, 
where you go in the sales process, the last piece is kind of like about what do you need in your arsenal besides all of what you said, as far as the product and potentially innovation pipeline and the knowing of where the brand may go. Do you think that those things are connected for you to continuously have firepower as a salesperson for the company? To keep longevity, like to keep it exciting and to keep it, yeah. Yeah, because you have the initial like excitement of, of the brand and the launch and then, yeah, the innovation coming down the, the pipeline. And, and I think a lot of it is why sales and marketing need to work so closely together is because we need to know as a salesperson what marketing is doing, because that's really the spice and the sizzle that can make our pitch more exciting. So, I mean, especially in this channel agnostic world where, I mean, for MDS, we want people to be able to buy our product no matter where. And I need to know what we're doing on digital. I need to know what we're doing on every single platform so I can tie it back to retail and let our retailers know what we're doing so then we can leverage that. Um, I'm hoping that we get back to some in-store excitement that we can do um, to tie into all the digital stuff that's going on. I think, you know, it's, it, we've moved away from it for now, but we will, it will be coming back in my opinion. I like that. 15 minutes of just some gems on the sales side, CPG. Michelle, I really enjoyed having you. Uh, again, I really like, uh, it just so happens, like I'm a fan of the brands. Um, so that's always makes it more fun for me. Um, and uh, Midday is kind of this newer emerging brand. So it's gonna, it's gonna be fun to watch and, and, and sort of be involved in, in communicating and seeing how they're gonna be uh, moving down the, down the chain here. So have, uh, oh, Canada, I was gonna say. Uh, yes, um, enjoy yourself. Thank you again, have a great week. You too, thanks for having me, all the best.